drive, gets inside, leans in, knocked away, it's stolen by Holiday. Now up for the layup, oh, blocked by James. To Curry, way down top, bang, bang. the Tiger. This time I'm sick. Zion's gonna want out soon. Here's the thing, I don't think the front office of that organization, of that New Orleans organization, knows what the heck they're doing. What can I say? Mamba out. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Josh Yanks, and today we got a lot to unpack. This offseason in general has been pretty interesting. Pretty packed at times, pretty slow at times, but the two biggest storylines out there, if you want to call them storylines, were Jace, uh, was James Harden and Damian Lillard. Like, when it was all said and done, you knew Jalen Brown was going to be taken care of. You knew what was going to happen to DeAndre Drain. You knew who was going to go where and, and how he, like, you're like, okay, Brad Bill's going to get traded. Okay, they're going to work that out. But through all these extensions, through all these different reveals and just how teams are going to plan and prepare and how players are going to plan and prepare, that was pretty straightforward. There wasn't a lot of controversy. So in my opinion, the two biggest storylines heading into the offseason season. And just shadowing over the offseason were featuring James Harden's situation and Damian Lillard's situation. Damian Lillard, he didn't know if he was going to stay or not with the Blazers. We still don't know. He put in his prayer request. The Blazers aren't moving. Portland's not moving. James Harden, he's been up and down with Philly. He's taking pay cuts for Philly. He's been pretty chill with Philly. But now he's requested a trade. Well, we have an update on that. In today's podcast episode, we're going to be detailing everything about James Harden. You guys will be getting to know James Harden a lot better because this situation is unfolding rapidly. One report said, hey, James Harden, he's no longer going to be traded. Taking him off the trade block. Shutting it down, no longer, no longer having conversations about potentially trading him. Well, another report comes out an hour later. He's no longer playing for the 76ers. No training camp. It's about to become a very nightmarish dream. That I have no idea why the 76ers are pulling themselves through this. Before we jump into this, I just want to say you know where to find me, courtsheat.com, x.com, slash courts I hear, however you get to x now, Facebook, Instagram, you know where to find me, it's not this big secret, Google courts I hear, all of our social, all my social media pops up, um, from YouTube, to Instagram, the SoundCloud, the Twitter, the Apple, the TuneIn, from everywhere, everywhere. You're not going to want to miss it. You guys will definitely, definitely want to follow me there. And my most used platform is Twitter. So guys, definitely start hitting me up. 
definitely start dropping follows and just keep along with the conversation. And just, I, you know, I, I always say something big's going to happen and it does. It does. Something always happens. And we finally have it with my man James Harden. I, I, I don't know what's our thought process here. So I'm just going to jump right into the podcast episode. This is going to be a nice, sweet um, episode, right? Nothing too extensive where I'm going to be talking about it for hours. Um, I have no desire to do that, to be honest. Not being rude or anything, but I just want to keep this like 30, 35 minutes. I want to... I want you guys to understand something because there's multiple layers from the perspective of the team and from the perspective of the player. This league has become such a player-driven league. This league has become where if a superstar or a player that possesses superstar potential or qualities of a superstar... They can demand a trade, and nine, uh, nine times out of ten, they'll be traded. When you agree, we've seen that countless times with well, James Harden, Kevin Durant. Like, don't you guys ever see with those types of players? There's just players out there that are very loyal. They'll keep it to themselves, or They'll just go team to team or just really try to demand themselves. Ben Simmons is a good example. And these are just recent memory. Like, this is just recent. It's always been, if a superstar demands a trade, it will probably happen. And it always, it, it normally works out. It normally works out. And there's a lot of NBA superstars who forced deals. There's a lot of them who forced trades. Chris Paul forced a trade. Kyrie Irving forced a trade. Kawhi Leonard forced a trade. Anthony Davis. Like, there, there's tons of guys out there. And where I'm trying to give this is that when you understand the context of the league and you understand the context of players doing whatever they want, you know it's going to be bad for ownership, for management. And this is a very, very complicated, sticky situation because James Harden is not going to play for the 76ers. Back in May of this year, um, a lot of people, including myself, were reporting on, coming from different sources, that he was going to either stay with Philly or go to Houston Rockets. But then we also reported that it was unclear, that no one really knew the motives of James Harden, how he truly felt and where he wanted to go. We thought he was going to be a nice guy wherever he went. Well, my man's pulling out the tactics, again, that I used from Houston to Brooklyn and then to from Brooklyn to his current destination, the Philadelphia 76ers. 
And Philadelphia, they're putting their foot down. They're pretty much saying, look, this is not going to work for us. This is, this is, this is not going to work for us. There is no chance in the world that we're going to trade you, James Harden. The deal's not worth it for us. And they keep reiterating, Daryl Morey keeps reiterating that we're a championship team. James Harden makes us a championship team. But he is just... Found, I don't know. If, I don't know. If foundational upset is the right thing to say, but he is beyond upset. Something within your organization, whether it's money, whether it's just how he's being treated, whatever the case is, he's beyond done with this team. He is consistently and reliably known as the guy who always trades himself out of an organization. Look, James Harden, I think it was clear last season in the postseason or leading up to the postseason, you knew there was a divide. You knew there were some tensions, especially with Darren Morey. Darren Morey's relationship with James Harden has gone from the most spectacular thing in the world to one of the most depressing, annoying, hate-filled Thing, relationships I've ever seen. And there's a clear answer to that. Why it's gone from a high to a low. It's because Daryl Morey has stopped favoring and always letting James Harden do whatever James Harden wants to do. In Houston, they were a dumpster fire, so they let their superstar have all the money. Have all the fame, all the success, all the shots, whatever he wanted, it was done. Houston was a dumpster fire when he was on that team. Philadelphia cannot compare to that. In fact, the 76ers are not like the Rockets now or in their prior years, in their previous history with the beard. The beard is now waking up to a market that does not want to pay him $40 million a year. The, the market is not in favor of James Harden. So you can say, well, Daryl Moore is being rude to James Harden. But you could you could flip that on its head and say James Harden is being very rude to Daryl Morey and the, the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. And that's why Morey's and Harden's relationship deteriorated. It's because... He could no longer walk over Maury. Maury put his foot down. The organization put their foot down. Ownership was not going to put up with Harden anymore. Um, and I think that was very clear. That was very, very clear. Josh Harris is not going to take that anymore. 76ers are not going to take that anymore. And I think we need to understand that. 
So that's the first issue amongst many between these two sides. So I want to get into his report. It came out by Adrian Wojnarowski um, on what Friday, Saturday, one to two days. I think it was Saturday. I can't remember, but it was Daryl Moore. But it was Adrian Wojnarowski saying this that the Philadelphia 76ers have ended trade talks involving James Harden, and they intend to bring him back to the team during training camp. Um, the Sixers and Los Angeles Clippers have periodic discussions on a trade involving Harden, but the sides weren't able to gain any traction. There was nothing substantial there. And <laughs> this is where Harden gets ticked off. Remember, he opted into his $35.6 million option for the 23-24 season with the team, and Philly agreed to accommodate him with a trade because the Philadelphia 76ers ultimately believed it would compromise their chances of competing and succeeding for a title to get that ring. And it should also be added, per Adrian Wojnarowski, that one of the main reasons why Harden's been so fueled and driven into seeking a trade from the Sixers is because the team reportedly does not view him as a part of their long-term plans. So how do you view that? Do you view this Harden's fault, or do you view this the 76ers' fault? They're a ruthless and soulless team when they want to be. They're also a very accommodating team when they want to be. But the mercy will not be with Harden. They're not going to give him mercy. They're not going to give him that contract. And um, part of me believes that they fooled James Harden into his deal. Part of me believes that they sweet-talked. They kissed up the heart and said, Look, you up into the deal. We'll get you that trade. Don't worry. The market's there for you. They lied to him. And when you know, coming from ESPN, that they reportedly did not view him as part of their long-term plans, that they're just using him for this year. And then you say... And you say, hey, Harden, just stay here with us. You're a part of our championship. They're pretty much saying, we'll give you the 35 mil. No problem. This is your last season. We just want to see how far you could take us with Joel Embiid and the squad built around. They're pretty much saying, look, we just suckered you into this opt-in. And we're not going to trade you. So it makes sense why Harden's like, I'm not reporting. And this is messy. And you could go into the past of who James Harden is, what he's becoming, how he's always handled his business. But this is a very messy and complicating situation. This is not black and white. This is not cutthroat. This is not any of that. And it's kind of shameful to see this play out the way it's playing out. 
And I find it very interesting that Daryl Morey is continuing to drive a high asking price for Harden. No team is willing to meet that price because people are saying for the Clippers to get James Harden, they're going to have to give up Kawhi Leonard. Or I'm sorry, not Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. The Clippers already stayed, they're not getting rid of PG. PG for teams stay. But per Sam Amick of the Athletic, um, he's no longer playing for the, he's no longer playing for Philly. Harden has stated that he no longer wants to play for Philadelphia and has no plan of taking part in training camp. Harden continue to want to be traded to the Clippers. The LA Clippers are his destination. And it's funny per Sam Amick of the Athletic. Harden's camp continues to believe that a trade will materialize ahead of the training camp opening. If I'm James Harden, this is exactly the type of move. I don't think it was uncommon or a shocker that he said he's not going to participate in training camp. This was the expected move, in my opinion, because now you're saying, okay, you want to mess me out of a contract, out of a team where I want to play like the Clippers, or just leaving this organization? Cool. I just won't show up. And he's saying, fine, I won't play for you. I don't want to play for you. I won't go to training camp. I won't play a game for you. That's how he's rolling. That's how he wants to do it. Because he knows that Philadelphia has no leverage because when Ben Simmons did the exact same... Not only did he do it, but he got his money for that season paid in full. He got his earnings that season. And he even played for Philly. Philly was held, um, held responsible. So, James Harden will gladly take that money. Whether it's half or all, he'll gladly take that money. So, there's part of that, but he's putting the pressure back on Philly. He's not letting Philly... Box him into a corner. The man's only 33. So if he doesn't have to play this season, he may just do that. And I'm not saying that he wouldn't play this season, but he's not playing for the 76ers. And the 76ers could say, fine. You don't want to play for us anymore? Cool. You sit there. We're waiting to trade on. You have to suck it up like a man because you want to play this type of game. Now, who was initiated by? It began with Harden and his frustrations. But Daryl Moore probably acted like a child. The organization probably acted like a child. And instead of talking out of Harden, trying to smooth things over, they led to their high asking price, not working with Harden, and now putting into a very difficult and very stagnant relationship when it comes to different teams and their offers and the Harden more, more importantly. So, you have to remember where this is coming from. You have to understand the angles and details of this circumstance. If a player is feeling that you don't value him and you request a trade, that's valid. And knowing that Philly does not have them in their long-term goals or plans, I can see where Harden's coming from. But... 
Harden's also making thirty-five million one year. He's on a pretty good squad, so you have that going too. It's not like he's playing for the Shaw Hornets or the Indiana Pacers. I get it. I get it. You may not want to be playing for the same Sixers ever again, but will who who's going to stand firm? Will the 76ers be like, okay, we have to dip now. We just have to get rid of him. Or will Harden just snap out of it? Who knows? I don't know. This is a very balanced, this is a balancing act. This is a balancing act of who cracked first. This is a very delicate situation because you do not want either side to explode. You don't want either side to erupt. And that is completely understandable. You're just at a tough spot now. But what Sam Mamick reported was not groundbreaking. It was not groundbreaking. It was useful information. It was going to be public information. But he's trying to say, look, you're not boxing me into a corner. You're not stuffing me somewhere I don't want to be. You're not putting me in a difficult position. You're not putting me as the underdog. He's saying we're either going to keep this even or I'm going to be the top dog. I'm not playing for you. You're going to pay me and I'm not I'm not doing any of this for you. You trade me or you pay me and I'll just sit at home. I'm fine. I'm 33. I'll keep myself in shape. I'm fine. He so it was a very smart strategic move that was going to happen. That's what I'm trying to drive at. But given the history of these two parties, given the history of James Harden, given the history of the 76ers, I'm not shocked that there's hard feelings, that there's tension, that both sides hate each other. I'm also not surprised that trade request is being made. as by Harden. People saw it was in his feelings when he requested that when he requested that trade demand. People were just like, oh, it's just a postseason. They'll work through it. No, he was done. You can you can even tell that he was done. Like when that team got beat, there there just there was no fighting left for saving his tenure with the 76ers. It's how his tenure with the Nets ended. Played two seasons for the 76ers. Played two seasons for um, the Nets. Not even that. And it's not like he's bad. James Harden is still averaging 21-10-6-1 per game off of 44% from the field. And... 30.5% from deep. So, it's not like he's dropping off, but if you're trying to relive his glory days of him averaging 30, 36, 34, 29, 29 with the Rockets, yeah, that's, that's just not happening. I'm sorry. I hate to break it to y'all, but that's just not happening again. But he's a he's a great double-double machine. He's very consistent. He just is. He 
He found his new role. But the market just does not want to pay for a 33-year-old aging uh, guard. That's just not how they want to do it. Whether you have at the one or the two, they just don't want to pay James Harden a, 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 an awful deal. They don't want to do that. And it, it makes sense. It just makes sense. Look. He's not going to get a $200 million contract. Or at least he shouldn't. But I don't know. Um, Look. This is a very sticky and tricky situation. This is not, this, this may, not all this stuff's going to come public. It's not going to be news every single day. Nothing new is going to happen every single day. But, this is going to be very tense and very messy in the back. It's not background noise. This is slowly picking up on many teams' radars, on the 76ers' radars, on analysts' radars, all that stuff. I find it fascinating. I really do. Because I don't think James Harden's in the wrong this time. I don't think the 76ers are in the wrong this time. But the 76ers just better not let this turn into another Ben Simmons situation. They delved that saga, what, two seasons ago? Don't let it happen again. Don't let it happen again. That's all I'm saying. I think... There could be a compromise, but I want to know how high Daryl Moore's asking price is. Like, what's he asking for? How much? How many picks? How many quality players? Are we talking two role players, which could consist of a bench player and a superstar level player? Like, what are you asking for? I think his trade, I think. His price demand is too high. Obviously, the market doesn't want to do that. Given James Harden, are not going to give up all of that to give James Harden a fat contract. They're not going to do that. That's very against odds. That's just very... That's just not good. That's very not good. That's just not good at all. That pushback... If, you go, if he goes to the Clippers, that'll push him back more. You need to bring the asking price down. Teams need to be strict, hold hold strong, be firm, and just say, "Look, we want James Harden, but you need to you need to take it down a few notches. You have to stop being a controlling psychopath. You gotta calm it down. You gotta turn it down. That's pretty much what teams gotta say. And through their actions, they are saying just that." Make no mistake, guys, this is a situation that's not going to remedy itself overnight. This could go into training camp, or this could go right up to training camp and he's traded and everything's fine. Or this could become a situation where this could go into the season. And that is something you do not want to happen, but if it happens, it happens.
this is a this is a trickier situation than the situation in Portland. It, it really is. Simple as that. Simple as that. I'm not saying anything controversial here. James Harden wants to go. The 76ers want to keep him for this season to dump him. Pretty much what they're saying. Darren Morrill and him will have no, no cure to fix their broken relationship. This is over. I hope they enjoyed the ride. Um, look. That's where we're at now. I'm going to be very, very, very intrigued on what the trade will be when it's all said and done. I think James Harden will get his way. Because I don't think the 76ers want to be robbed. Again, like they were of Ben Simmons. Because they gave away Ben Simmons for nothing. Like nothing they did. Well, I want to look at Ben Simmons trade. Yeah. Dumb, dumb, dumb. This was this was the James Harden trade. This was just this this yeah James Harden and Paul Millsap going to Philadelphia with Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, two first rounders going to Brooklyn. This was such a bad deal for the Nets. I think it was a bad deal. Ben Simmons is not James Harden. That's one, but. I guess for death. I don't know. I don't know how you would grade that. Look. The market's not favoring James Harden. But all James Harden needs. It's a little leverage. And he could go to the Clippers. Clippers want him. Clippers are the only team that wants him. So he's going to do everything. In his human. Power. To get himself to L.A. That's just a straight-up fact. That's just a straight-up fact. This is going to be very interesting. This is going to be so delicate. Such a... This is going to be so delicate, man. I'm not even exaggerating. James Harden may be a curse on the on these teams. But the 76ers have not made it easier on themselves either. They're killing themselves too. They're killing themselves too. Both sides have a lot to gain and a lot to lose. This is a risky situation for both sides. James Harden has a little more security because he'll still make that money even if he doesn't play. For the 76ers, if he doesn't play, they're still going to have to pay him. And then they're going to lose out when it's all said and done. So James Harden could have the leverage, especially since it's a player-driven league. And he's been there, done that in the trade demand department. I don't know. This is very interesting. And I know I keep saying these words over and over again, but that's just what it is. James Harden is no longer going to be a part of the Philadelphia 76ers. He's not fixing his relationship. The relationship is damaged. It's irrefixable. It's irreversible. It's just not fixable. And people need to understand that.
People need to understand that. This is something that Daryl Moore needs to examine. Josh Harris needs to examine. The entire team needs to examine. Because there's a lot to lose and little to gain for the 76ers. Now that we're talking to Zal, James Harden's put himself in the perfect situation because it's a win-win from either way. It's a win-win from either way. He's going to be making money. He's going to be on a different team. He'll get that extension. Even though the market's not favorable right now, it's not in his odds. It's not in his favor. He'll still get paid. He'll still be on another championship contending team or POF contending team. He'll he'll go be with a team that likes him. And the 76ers will be hosed once more. This is going to be life. This is becoming reality. And James Harden's not interested in winning a championship with Philly. There is so much more going on behind the scenes where people just can't get the information. That's crazy. There's a reason why we're at where we're at. Why we're in the situation we're in. There is no resolution. There's no solution to understanding either side or just trying to make amends. The only way that they're happy is with them departing. This is going to be an ugly divorce. But this is a necessary divorce in my opinion. And guys. With that being said. This is all I got for today's podcast episode. I was keeping it short and sweet. I told y'all I'll keep it around the 30 minute mark. But I wanted to let you guys know. My opinions. I wanted to let you guys know. What I thought about this. The reports that came out by Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. And Sam Amick of. The Athletic. This is eerily similar to what's going on with Ben Simmons. And there's multiple routes the 76 can take with this. Who's going to crack first? Who's going to crack first? This situation has been going on for months. When will there be a final chapter to this horrible book when's it gonna be i don't know i can't use my magic i can't use my superpowers on this one i can't see into the future i'm gonna speculate i'm gonna do everything that i can but this is a tough one right now same with the damian lord situation and the damian lord situation is sad because always been always been He's been always been is loyal to his franchise. And they're not gonna help him. They're not gonna unlock. And they keep saying they're a rebuilding team or they're a contending team. That's 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 crap. And I hate I hate the Blazers. The Blazers don't do anything for Damian Lillard. I wish nothing but failure for that team. And I'm sorry, I like a lot of their players, but I really do hate management and ownership. Special other Trina Damian Lillard situation. But this is all I got for today's podcast episode for Monday's edition on the NBA, on James Harden, 76ers, Clippers, all that good stuff. Remember, Monday, Tuesday, Friday, Saturday, I'm coming out podcast episodes. I'm trying to be more consistent, but 
content is also lacking, but don't worry, guys. I'm going to make up for all of that. You know where to find me, Cortee.com. I'm on the X, Instagram, Facebook. I'm on every streaming platform imaginable. Remember on X, formerly known as Twitter. I put all my podcast episodes there. I know you guys liked the last one, so I'm just going to keep doing it until you guys start hating it. Until then, guys, I'm signing off. Peace out. Have a great rest of your week. And <laughs> let's just get this show on the roll. I, I just got to just gotta hope that this has an ending soon. Has to, right? Anyways, peace out, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your week. I'm signing off. I got I, I to gotta go take a minute here. <laughs>